You're listening to The Jay Barker Show on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa. Welcome to Big News Sports. Featuring Lars Anderson, New York Times best-selling author of 12 books and a 20-year veteran of Sports Illustrated. Matt Coulter, a former Alabama Broadcaster of the Year and longtime media personality. And Christian Miller, a national championship-winning linebacker at Alabama who was drafted by the Carolina Panthers. Here's Lars, Matt, and Christian. Welcome into Big Noon Sports. Lars, you got me? I gotcha. Hello? Yep. All right. I guess we're having connectivity problems again here with Skype. Uh, Yeah, not sure what's going on there. Anyways, uh, in NBA news, the, uh, of course, the Denver Nuggets just wrapped up their series sweep of the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, you know, big news for LeBron to go out in the way he did. Uh, you know, Lars, can you hear me now? You got any thoughts on the series last night? Uh, yeah. Um, it, it, the, the... Alrighty, I guess not. Uh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Hang on. Are we sure that LeBron is done? Like, I mean, I know he's hinted, but are we sure that he is saying... That, or is he just teasing us with this, you know, that so many athletes do, the old, uh, oh, I think it might be time. Please be interested for the next several months until I finally make an announcement and, you know, likely come back for another year. Or has he been like definitive, hey, it's over, I'm done. Have you heard anything on that? No, I mean, we uh, we talked about it actually last segment. Uh, he gave a little lengthy interview uh, in the post game about, you know, is he going to come back? What is his thought process? And yeah. it's definitely a lot to consider. I would not be surprised, like a lot of people have pointed out, if he takes maybe a year off, uh, you know, gets healthy, gets his feet back under him, and then comes back at it with a fresh perspective. How many times did Jordan say, this is it, and then come back? And even, remember when he was number 45 for a while? That was a disaster. Yeah, and that's the thing, though. LeBron is already at the point in his career where he's kind of he's outlasting Jordan. I mean, he's, yeah. he's staying productive. He just scored 40-10 and 10 last night. You know, they might have lost in an elimination game, but LeBron still put up insane stats for a guy of his age. So the Lakers are out. I, you know, I don't follow the NBA uh, as much as I follow college. The Lakers are done now. Like, that was their elimination. They're out. They are see you later. They are absolutely done. Yep, okay. that is it. That, but like a lot of people pointed out, they did kind of overachieve. They started yeah. out the year two and ten. Not a lot of people thought they would make it that far. Hmm. Uh, well, we'll see. You know, uh, I think we might have our guys now, possibly. You guys hear me? It's Lars. We got you guys. All right. 
Um, hey, a little bit of a bumpy takeoff, but we're uh, we're off and uh, flying into the sky here now. Um, yeah, you guys were talking about the Lakers last night going out in four games and uh, just a, a, a few thoughts. One, uh, you know, LeBron James mentioned that he was talking to Anthony Davis in the locker room after the game and before his press conference. And and those two reached the conclusion that this Denver team, that as, as long as they've been in L.A. together and it's four seasons, this is the that this Denver team is the best team that they've faced. And that's saying a lot because that have been immensely talented Golden State teams uh, that the Lakers have fought with head to head. And it just tells you uh, the amount of talent that um, that has been amassed in Denver. And then, too, I, I know that the big story today is uh, LeBron, um, the comments he made after the game about just needing to think about his basketball future and then uh, expanding on those comments to an ESPN reporter saying that he, in fact, is thinking about retirement. All right. So whenever an athlete uh, at this stage of his career uh, loses in a in a sort of a not an embarrassing fashion, but just a, it just gets, you know, pummeled pretty good. Uh, it's never a good time to make a statement about what you're, they're going to do next season because it's it's the heat of the moment. Emotions are high and uh, frustration level is off the charts. And, I, and, and, you know, LeBron just looked exasper- exasperated. He looked tired. And really, for the first time, he looked old. And also, you know, LeBron James is the type of guy who is always, uh, you know, embraced the philosophy of advance, never retreat, advance, 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 right? Don't look in the rearview mirror, look forward. And and there's a, there's a certain amount of, um, uh, of like, of strength in that. And that, um, and that there, he, he shows no weakness or no vulnerability. But after the game last night, for the first time, you saw vulnerability in LeBron James. You saw him not thinking about the future, you, or, or not playing in the future. You saw him um, uh, just like uh, displaying a little form of weakness, and. You know, he's been all about wanting to play with his son, right? And I think we're still, what, two years away from that uh, ever even being a possibility. But suddenly, you know, that wasn't foremost on his mind last night. And um, and, and the thing is, like, the, the Lakers, as constituted right now, I don't see how they can challenge Denver next year. If both teams are stay healthy, um, I don't see Denver sort of uh, relinquishing the top spot in the West anytime soon. And um, 
And so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I wouldn't read too much into LeBron's statement. I think it really comes from a place of frustration rather than of uh, careful consideration. But Matt Coulter, uh, we're off. Uh, we're off and going here now. Uh, the technical difficulties are behind us. And uh, how are you doing today? And what did you think of LeBron James and his comments last night after the Lakers were eliminated four games to zero by the Denver Nuggets? You nailed it just a couple of minutes ago when you talked about his emotions running high. Uh, Denver just took them to the woodshed. I mean, four and out and it's over. So I imagine his emotions are running very, very high and the fact that uh, they were just a bust. Now, really, they weren't a bust when you consider that they barely made the playoffs and they end up making the conference finals. But I think once he settles in, he thinks about it, he thinks about Bronny a little bit more, he'll probably decide that he's going to play a couple more. And that last night was probably just – and he never said he was going to. He just said he was going to consider it. And I think we have, to, we have to take into account his verbiage. He's going to think about it. But I think he's got another two years and he has a chance to play with his son. So I think when it's all all the cards are dealt here, he's going to hang around. That's just my personal thoughts on it. But uh, a lot of emotion, I think, was tied up into what he said last night. Which, by the way, that getting past the Nuggets next year, whether LeBron is there with the Lakers or not, they, they got to try and get past the Warriors again. And I don't know that that's going to happen if they're collectively able to keep Golden State intact. So I, I think there are a lot of moving parts here. And certainly it's great talk radio fodder. And we can think whether or not he's going to retire, whether or not he's the greatest ever. Um, but right now it's just really, really too early to tell, Lars. Yeah, I, I agree. And um, look, the, the, the Lakers just didn't get enough out of uh, Anthony Davis, you know. Um, he's inconsistent. He's inconsistent. He he dominated the, the Golden State series, um, and uh, and and you know he uh, they they just didn't have anybody who could guard him. He he could do whatever he wanted when he was down low, and it looked like in Game One of this series that the Lakers had found something on defense by just letting Davis kind of roam as a free safety underneath the basket. And, uh, and and let Denver's big man, you know, uh, almost like almost doing like a box and one on him. But um, but that just that that didn't come to fruition the rest of the series. Denver obviously uh, was able to adjust to the Lakers adjustment. Um, but, you know, I think uh, the, the that LeBron is just he, he, he just looks tired. And uh, as he should be, I mean, he's logging incredible minutes, another 40 minutes last night. And how many games have they played when you take the regular season and postseason in? What are they getting close to 100? Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, LeBron has been playing heavy minutes pretty much all season. And I, I thought that last play was sort of indicative of this entire series where you had two defenders uh, just sort of crashing down on LeBron and and just making it impossible for him to to get to the rim and uh, and 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 try to tie the game there at the last second and send it into overtime. Um, I think you know the 
the, the first series was really physically taxing on LeBron. The second series against Golden State was emotionally taxing. And this, and it, it was just a, out of, I mean, the, the cliche is out of gas. Yeah, yeah, but it's like the tank is empty. You know, he just... He just doesn't have, uh, yeah, the doesn't have the, I don't know, just the 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 stamina that he once did, and uh, and that happens to all of us. I mean, gosh, I was running around the baseball field yesterday, shagging fly balls, and I thought I was going to have a heart attack. <laughs> so uh, it happens to, to to everybody, but I really don't think this is the end for LeBron. The, the bigger issue is where do the Lakers go from here? Because the Denver Nuggets aren't going anywhere. They're, they aren't going anywhere. And I, I think they are absolutely going to steamroll Miami in the finals. I, I could be wrong. You never want to doubt Jimmy Butler uh, the way he has been performing and his history of how he performs in the playoffs. But uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about Game four tonight. Uh, will uh, w- will Miami eliminate uh, the the Celtics and, and put them and the entire city of Boston out of their misery? I think they will. And I think we're going to have a finals of uh, Denver, uh, Denver, Miami, with Denver being a heavy, heavy favorite, a, a one seed taking on an eight seed. Um, so uh, we got a lot to get to though, Matt. Yeah, we do. And, of course, the SEC baseball tournament is going on right now. We'll update you on the scores. Alabama will play later today as they open with Kentucky at 4.30 this afternoon. And then there's there's news uh, from, the N, from the NFL uh, of great interest and also some Alabama basketball notes we've got to get to. As we continue on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. If car designers can make... The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. here treating patients from every generation across the united states and from around the world we're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves we are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer we're here for the coaches athletic trainers and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends we are here for you aggressively pursuing victory over injury Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa. Located at 2703 6th Street across from the Home Two Suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits that the nation. COVID-19 has disrupted our lives, but it won't have the last word. We will. Across Alabama, 
Thousands are getting vaccinated to protect themselves and others. Find out where you can get the COVID vaccine today at alabamaunites.com. Please get vaccinated. If you have symptoms, also get tested for COVID-19. Alabama Unites Against COVID. Sponsored by the ADPH, the ABA, and this station. Back on Big Sports, Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, Aiden and Seth are with us at Tide 100.9, our flagship station there in Tuscaloosa. Appreciate everyone joining us. Uh, tell everybody about this new show, relatively new, and uh, dial us up. Uh, you can get us anywhere through the website at uh, BigNoonSports.com. Also follow us on Twitter at Big Noon Sports. Uh, just checking the scoreboard, refreshing here, what's going on in the SEC baseball tournament. It is a final. South Carolina has uh, ended the season for the Georgia Bulldogs uh, by a score of nine to nothing. I think we expected the Gamecocks to win this. I don't know if we expected them to whitewash the Georgia Bulldogs, but that's what they did. Coming up in 30 minutes, Texas A&M will be taking on Tennessee. By the way, South Carolina now advances to take on LSU tomorrow morning. Then Texas A&M, Tennessee will play in just a little while. Winner advancing to play Arkansas. And then I imagine the Hoover Mets going to be pretty crowded tonight when Alabama, the ninth seed, takes on eighth-seeded Kentucky with a winner advancing tomorrow afternoon to play the Florida Gators. And then the nightcap is uh, Auburn. They'll fill it up for that one, too. Uh, what a great session that is tonight for uh, one ticket there as uh, Auburn and Missouri will face each other on the diamond out in Hoover. So, there, we caught you up to date with the SEC baseball tournament, but there is news out of basketball, Lars. Um, I think we'll start, first of all, with Chuck Batiaco, who has uh, opted to forego his college eligibility. Uh, he's full-blown going to the NBA. Uh, I got to tell you, I'm a little surprised by this, and I, I definitely think we agree on this, that uh, the big seven-footer from Canada could uh, have used another year of seasoning uh, at the SEC basketball level. Yeah, uh, I found it very surprising. Um, and, uh, you know, he, uh, gosh, he's the third Crimson Tide starter to leave for the draft. Wow. Uh, I mean, Brandon Miller, he's obvious, right? He's going to be a top three pick. Uh, Noah Clowney, he's obvious, too. Uh, he's going to be a first rounder. Um, uh, Mark Sears and Javon Quinterly. They've also put their names in for into the draft, but they have until May 31 to with, with uh, withdraw their names. And and I think they probably will. As for Betty Ako, um, you know, he started all 37 games this past season, uh, average 6.4 points, six rebounds, 1.8 blocks, uh, shot about 66% from the field. He did play his best uh, on the backstretch of the season, uh, scored in double figures in five of the final six games. Um, certainly he was a, a great or is a great rim protector with his length. Uh, he really anchored that defense uh, that led the nation in two two point percentage defense. Um, and I, but he's just. Uh, I don't think he's just physically developed yet. I mean, he, he's, I don't think he's a first rounder. 
Uh, I think he's going to have to either go overseas or, uh, you know, get into the, uh, the, the G League, the, de- the developmental league, um, and really hone his offensive game. Um, but, you know, I, I, I wish him luck. Uh, I just uh, I, I'm I'm afraid that he he's just he's making a decision that too many of these uh, young men are making, and that is uh, just leaving school too early uh, and really costing yourself a lot of money or potential money um, because you're just you need another season or two of development. What what do you think? Well, I think that uh, you're spot on, and I just think of how much he improved from year before last to this previous year. Uh, he was a different player, and I don't think he could improve that much in the upcoming year at the college level, but I do think there's a lot of room for improvement in basically every facet of his game, particularly free throws, but um, they'll bypass that if they can get somebody that can play at the NBA level. He's not ready to play the NBA level, in my limited opinion. Um, but if he'd stayed around and seized him more, I think he would have been a first-rounder. Our Chris Stewart earlier today said he might be a lottery pick. I don't know about that. Chris knows the team better than I do. But um, I think if he'd stayed around one more year, he'd gotten that first-round money. And um, I don't know. Uh, he may not get drafted, Lars. Am I being too harsh? No, I don't think you are at all. Um, I, you know, I, I, maybe he could get drafted in the second round and, and, and you know, make the team as make a team as like the, the, the 10th guy on the bench that could be used as a as a like a defensive stopper. I don't know. But like, you know, he's. He's seven feet, which is great, but it seems like all the, you have seven footers in the NBA now that are uh, are capable of hitting 25-foot jump shots, 26, 30. And Betty Ako is not that guy. Um, you know, he is more of a, of a back-to-the-basket uh, player uh, who does not have a well-refined jump shot. Uh, so there's a lot of, uh, but you know, there is potential there. Like, you know, the the clay just needs to be molded a little bit more, uh, to get that into a a fine piece of artwork. But, uh, and, and, and I, I, frankly, I think he should be, he should, should have done that at Alabama, but for another year, but, uh, somebody is telling him, uh, that that he's got a chance to be drafted, and we'll um, we'll see. Yeah, I hate uh, if anybody thinks we're being too critical because everything that uh, I've heard about Angry Chuck is that he is just a class guy, and wish him well. But you know he'll he may end up on the NBA bench and he'll back up a center, um, or maybe he goes G League, or like you said, maybe he goes uh, overseas. But we'll soon see, and uh, don't let it be misunderstood that we both just wish him nothing but good luck. And I I hope he gets drafted late first. Don't think it's going to happen. More likely in the second, if at all. But go angry, Chuck. He's made his decision. We don't know the the reasons for his decision. Maybe family-oriented. He may just not like school. I mean, there's a a ton of reasons why uh, he's made this decision. So um, for just this conversation, let's wish... (laughs) <laughs> what, by the way, great, 
great nickname they call him Angry Chuck for the exact opposite reason. So anyway, uh, good luck to Chuck Badiaco. Uh, also, uh, as we roll in the break and we'll bring in Mick Gillespie here in a second, uh, they announced that Alabama and Ohio State will play in what's called the Emerald Coast Classic down in Destin uh, this year, November 24th. That's a great tournament. I've actually worked it a couple of times. And um, it's a cool setting, cool gym. And Alabama, Ohio State's got the SEC and Big Ten going together in basketball. Mick Gillespie's coming up on Big News Sports. From T-Town to the Plains, this is Alabama's most in-depth analysis on the SEC. This is Big Noon Sports. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a high at 76, becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days, highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. The story of the nurse and the foot pain that nearly brought him down. I feel like I'm giving people their lives back. Robert lived to take care of his patients, but he couldn't do it unless he took care of his foot pain. I have plantar fasciitis. It'll almost put you on your knees. That's how much it hurts. His own recovery started when he got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now that I'm pain-free, I can make these people feel better. Can't beat that. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Are you receiving unemployment? Your benefits could be at risk. Here's how you can protect yourself and your benefits. Never respond to mail notifying you of a false claim in your name. Never answer a text message asking you to verify your account. And only respond to official Alabama Department of Labor's social media pages. Report fraud at labor.alabama.gov fraud. Brought to you by the Alabama Department of Labor, ABA, and the station. The Alabama Department of Labor is an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request to individuals with disabilities. Dial 711 for TTY accessibility. Hey, back on Big News Sports, Lars Anderson, Max Colton, joined now by the one and only Mick Gillespie as we talk some baseball and all. Mick, how's everything on the coast, or are you traveling abroad doing baseball? Yeah, I just uh, took a little trip today uh, back up to Tennessee, but the coast was uh, great, and so I left at 3 o'clock this morning. So <laughs> it's, been a, wow. it's already been a full day. Yeah, dedicated. What are you, dedicated you, you what, are you in Chattanooga or in Knoxville? I'm in Knoxville, so uh, Smokey's baseball against uh, against the Barons, your home team. Yep. Uh, well, good for you. I love that part of uh, what you're doing as far as broadcasting is concerned. I know you do too. Just love baseball, play by play, and the whole and and uh, the Southern League's quite a league in its own. Meanwhile, uh, boy, talk about a league in their own. Um, I, this stat just blows me away, and it's about the fourth or fifth time I've. I've said it, but it needs to be said. The two teams that didn't make the tournament 
have won the last two World Series in Omaha. Now, if that doesn't tell you how BA this league is, nothing does. Yeah, yeah. How surprising is that, right? I mean, you know, the Mississippi schools. Uh, I, I said, well, probably Southern Miss wins this year, right? Just because, you know, like the, the other two really good programs won. But the SEC and baseball, I got to put softball in that category. Obviously, football, um, it really is a league of its own, man. I mean, it's it's so competitive. Uh, the teams, I, I, I'm almost to the point with the SEC baseball tournament where I think they ought to go single elimination just so that they don't burn each other out going into the NCAA tournament. And uh, not that it really has stopped teams from our conference from winning, obviously. You can talk about the last two schools that won the national championship. They're in the SEC. But the competition is just so so thick. And to think that the two schools that won the championship and still have players on that team that were there aren't making it, wow. Hey, Mick, uh, give us your breakdown of the Alabama baseball team, uh, seated eighth, uh, and uh, that will be playing today. Is that correct, Matt? Playing today. Um, yeah, they play uh, UK at about 4.30. Yeah, yes. Um, just your thoughts on are they capable of making a run, not just in the SEC tournament, but also in the, uh, making a run to Omaha? Look, I, I, I am not going to – I'm not going to say they can't, you know, and I'll tell you, things could have gone one of two ways when what happened with their head coach happened. Um, and his silence to me, it doesn't bode well for him, you know, but those guys are probably more upset about it than we are. And instead of, you know, tail between their legs, woe is me, they've gone out and they started whooping on teams. You know, when you go to Texas A&M and, and you beat them there, like Alabama did, I think you can beat anybody. And I'm not saying this is one of the best Aggie teams, but, uh, I wouldn't want to play Alabama because it, it's almost like those guys are playing on house money, uh, pun intended. And, uh, you <laughs> know, I uh, I just think that they're dangerous. I think they're dangerous. I think Tennessee's dangerous because of the amount of pitching that they have. And, uh, you know, obviously Arkansas is really good. Florida, they got a bunch of arms. Um, but... I, I I really have been impressed with this Alabama team, and I and I don't know that they have a program, you know, one that sustains itself year after year, but they have a bunch of seniors this year, and I could see them going back to bottom feeder next year when all those guys are gone. I hope not, but but the fact that they have all those seniors on the team and they're motivated and they're playing like they they have something to prove. Uh, I think they could make a run in the SEC tournament, and it, depending on the seeding, you know, if they catch a break like softball did, yeah, who knows? Uh, can you almost say the same thing for Auburn? Because they finished the SEC season much as Tennessee and Alabama did, and that was just incredibly strong. Yeah, yeah, they're good. I watched the series that they played against LSU, and uh, you could see them getting better. And look, Butch is one of the top coaches in the league, you know, and, and, and he's challenging those guys and not letting them, uh, you know, use excuses for failure. And 
and, and the bar has been, you know, as much as I hate to say it as an Alabama guy, the, the bar at Auburn's way higher than it is at Alabama these days. They expect to go to the World Series every year. They're doing it with under 12 scholarships, and uh, that proves that it can be done. So, yeah, don't count Auburn out either. I mean, a, a lot of it just depends on the way that the regionals break out. And I know we're only at the SEC tournament, um, but, you know, what, what do you get if you win the SEC tournament? You know, unless you're a team that's on the bubble. Uh, to me, it's, you know, it, it's irrelevant. The one you want to win starts next week. And uh, they're a team that I wouldn't want to mess with because they they seem to keep finding a way to get to Omaha. And, and, and Mick, uh, let's just shift over to uh, Alabama softball. What, uh, what are your thoughts on, on how far this team can go? <laughs> yeah, well... I got to say, you know, I, I love watching Coach Murphy's enthusiasm. You know, he when they when they got seated fifth, I was shocked. I mean, I I, I didn't I didn't see that happening. Um, you know, look, Montana Fout is, is maybe the, the best pitcher they've ever had. Uh, although I, Stephanie Van Brinkle was pretty good back back in the day, but um, they caught a break. No doubt about it. And the break is that, you know, they've got, they get to play Northwestern this week. And so um, that's a, that's a team that you would think they would beat. Um, I've never really been comfortable with this, this year's team. They're, they're up and down, but when, when Allie Shipman hit the home run, you know, maybe that's the, the thing that is going to be what sends them to Oklahoma city. You know, that was a, that's one of the biggest hits that the program's ever had when you can hit a home run and basically send your team to uh, super regional, uh, you know, that's like Matt Frick type stuff for baseball fans. You guys know what I'm talking about. So uh, that's pretty cool. So we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens, but I just, I, I haven't been impressed with their speed. Uh, their offense is up and down, you know, it, it just, even in that series, you know, what it really turned out to be with, with, um, middle Tennessee I never feel comfortable because and and look we've been spoiled I mean Alabama softball has been a dominant force for a long time and the SEC is a lot better now college softball is a lot better now all these teams that used to be run rule type games are all now all of a sudden they can beat you so I'm, I'm just not I'm not sure what to think but I love the seeding for them. I think that there, there's been some years where it's gone the other way. And you're like, you know, how's this team's been top five all year? And then, you know, you look at who they're playing and you're like, you know, oh, they, they didn't, they, the committee didn't cut them any slack. Well, I think the committee made up for it this year. I do too. No question about it. Uh, have you got the scoop? You got any word that we don't on Man- Montana Fouts? Look, just the same stuff you guys saw. Um, you know, a, a hyper extended knee, and she was out there throwing. I, I don't know if she was going to come into the game. Obviously, she was thinking that maybe she would. Um, I, I just got a feeling that that we haven't seen the last of her. I, I think that was a good sign that she was out there throwing. But you know, when you get the contributions that they got 
uh, and, and game two on Sunday. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's somebody, maybe there's a new pitcher that you can rely on. But I, I don't know when she's at her at her best, she's great. So that's a big question mark. And uh, I've got my fingers crossed. I'm sure, like everybody else. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see her go out on top. Uh, she has just meant so much, maybe more so than anybody that program. I think I'm pretty safe in saying that. So um, let's hope that she's able to pick pitch this weekend against Northwestern. Uh, you going to hang with us one more? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's do that. Uh, that's Mick Gillespie. We'll get details on how you can follow and listen to him on the other side of this break as you listen to Big Noon Sports. Covering SEC sports like kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a high at 76, becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days, highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. And also his court awareness, the way that he uh, passes the ball, the way that he can run the offense, uh, his um, his basketball IQ, I mean, his his defensive presence. And this comes from a guy whose vertical is like two inches. I mean, it's just uh, I've never seen anything like it either. And I I think that this actually could be good for the NBA uh, to have him on the national, really the the big stage, because I'm so sick of talking about this, the Lakers and the Celtics. Right. Let's get like some fresh blood. And and I hope it'll be an exciting series between Denver and Miami. But I I, I think Denver is going to win in like five. Um, Hey, Hey, don't forget the Warriors. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Hey, have a great broadcast tonight. Tell everybody again how they can watch it. Go to MILB. Yeah, MILB TV or uh, at Broadcaster Mick. uh, Always putting stuff up there on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, And don't forget, 
I've got a new scout podcast that's out right now, the MLB Baseball Scout with Tim Wilson. He was scouting director for the Cubs and the, and the Tampa Bay Rays and the Diamondbacks. And him and I do a podcast every week where we talk about scouting and Major League Baseball. And so a bunch of stuff going on right now. That's a good one. All right. Thank you, Mick. Uh, Thanks, guys. Real tight. Uh, a couple of changes in the National Football League. One, you scratch your head and say, why wasn't this in place before? And the other one has uh, every special teams coordinator in the NFL mad. That's coming up. Hey, this is Reagan, owner of R&R Cigars, the Cigar Mansion in downtown Tuscaloosa, located at 2703 6th Street across from the home two suites. Come down to R&R and see why we're the ultimate cigar and bourbon experience. With over 165 bourbons and five private barrels, our selection of bourbon is unmatched. We have the best cocktails around and our cigar selection is legendary. Our lounge and service are world-class. Come and experience the luxury of the mansion and see why it's a world-renowned cigar and spirits destination. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. The Alabama Securities Commission protects you from financial fraud. Anyone asking you for investment money must be licensed. You're careful with your money. Fraudsters aren't. Before you invest, call our hotline at 1-800-222-1253 to verify the licensing of the person making an offer and the product. Don't lose your hard-earned money. Learn to protect yourself at asc.alabama.gov. Paid for by the Investor Protection Trust and brought to you by the Alabama Broadcasters Association and this station. From our home base in Birmingham, Alabama, we are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Calton Nissan in Tuscaloosa is making it easy to do business with trade-ins at an all-time high and interest rates at an all-time low. It's a great time for you to trade in your vehicle for a brand new Nissan. And unlike some dealers, Calton Nissan has a full inventory of new cars, trucks, crossovers, and SUVs. Maximas, Altimas, Centras, Rogues, Armadas, Pathfinders, Frontiers, Titans, and more. They're all here now at Calton Nissan. Shop in person at 2620 Skyland Boulevard East or online at CaltonNissan.com. And remember, Calton Nissan is the home of the Lifetime Powertrain Warranty. The best sports talk in the state. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. WTUG HD2 Northport and W265CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. Welcome back to Big Noon Sports with Lars Anderson, Matt Coulter, and Christian Miller. 
And Larson Maddar with you. As you probably know now, Christian and his dad have set up Miller's Edge, which now precedes our show. So uh, best of luck to them and continued success, we hope, for the Big Noon Sports Show. Um, let me just update you, as, uh, as I will throughout the show, uh, there in the top of the second, A&M and Tennessee are scoreless. So, uh, and remember that Alabama plays at 430 tonight against the Wildcats. Um, they're having uh, NFL meetings, and uh, one that came out, I think actually maybe late yesterday, was that their NFL is now going to allow teams to have a game day third quarterback. And we saw this, uh, golly, uh, the result of not having this was never more evident than with the San Francisco 49ers. Purdy went down, then Johnson went down, and then Purdy had to come back in, and he couldn't throw the football. And quite honestly, I don't know why they ever got it down to just two dressed. Um, that doesn't make any sense at all. You've always had a clipboard guy. So um, the NFL is now allowing that. And I hate that the San Francisco 49ers had to be the fulcrum in, in order for this rule to finally be in place. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, teams could have. Right. They could have carried a third quarterback, uh, but it would have counted against your active day roster. Exactly. Uh, uh, the, the only problem here that I could see is that what if. Well, I guess that doesn't really hold up. I don't know. Um, yeah, it, it, it seems fine. Uh, and and uh in the league previously had a third quarterback rule in effect from 1991 to 2010 uh, before doing away with that option. And and now it's back. Um, and so, as you said, like there, th- th- this third QB won't use a active roster spot. And, um, and yeah, I mean, it, it, it all, it all goes back to that uh, NFC title game, which essentially was over uh, when, uh, you know, Purdy injures his elbow on the first series. And then in the third quarter, Josh Johnson, the backup, by the way, just signed with another team. It's like his 17th team he signed with, but uh, yeah, Josh Johnson, he sustained a concussion. And then the third and that forced Purdy to reenter the game I don't know if they necessarily had to – they could have put Christian McCaffrey, and I know – I think they did on a few plays back there, but you probably don't want your running back throwing the ball around. Um, and, and But Purdy, I mean, he couldn't do anything. He, he threw two short passes, and, um, you know, he, he, he just was completely ineffective because he was hurt. You know, his, his, he, had a, he had an elbow that required surgery. I can't imagine the amount of pain he was in uh, in, in that game. And, and it, you know, you, you, the whole season builds up to these two games, the AFC Championship and the NFC Championship. And the NFC Championship was an absolute dud because there wasn't a third quarterback. Now, if there had been a third quarterback, would that have changed the outcome? I doubt it. But uh, it, it certainly could have. 
Um, so yeah, so it's just, uh, the full language of it is just uh, 90 minutes prior to kickoff. Each club is required to establish its active list. That's what they already do. Uh, and they can designate one emergency third quarterback from its 53 player active slash inactive list who will be eligible to be activated during the game. Um, now, here, here's the thing. He's only going to be able to come into the game if, and this this is what I was kind of alluding to earlier. He can only come into the game if the club's first of two quarterbacks on its game day active list are not able to participate in the game due to injury or disqualification. Activation cannot be a result of a head coach's in-game decision to remove a player from the game due to performance or conduct. So... <laughs> What if your first string quarterback gets hurt and he's legitimately hurt and then you put your force to put in your second string quarterback and he's just God awful. Okay. For whatever reason. And the coach is thinking, you know what? We're going to have a better chance with our third stringer because our second stringer is playing so bad. Now, isn't there? Doesn't that raise the possibility of faking an injury? Oh, get, big time! It, it just it, and I believe this is why they did away with this rule in the first place, because it it could motivate coaches to you know, hey, and you, you see it all the time in in other sports, like you know, like in soccer, a guy flops or whatever. Uh, faking injury is nothing new in sports. And I, I just, I think it opens up that possibility. Uh, I doubt it, you know, you doubt it would happen, but if a coach is fighting for his job, heck yeah. He's for a do playoff that. spot. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, that's a great question, Lars. And I would just open it up to the fact that, why not let him be a part of the team that day? And if yeah. instance, then then you can put it in. Because if you if you set it up the way they have now, you open up all the possibilities that Lars Anderson just mentioned. Yeah, and that's going to be scrutinized, and everybody's going to be saying, "Is he really injured?" We we all know you can fake an injury. <laughs> you know what are they going to do? Have a medical team check on the injury to make sure it's real. Um, I think that while the intent of the rule is for the most part good, you brought up a very interesting flaw in it, in my opinion. Just make the guy active, okay? Yeah, so just expand expand the uh, game. This is what they should have done, I think. And it's, it's exactly what you just said. Right now, the active game day roster is 45. Expand that to 46. On the, on the condition that you must carry three quarterbacks. Exactly. So in, in effect, you're just adding a third quarterback, and right? No with no, no, no caveat. Yeah, with no caveats. Yeah. Right? No, And so if you want to put in your third stringer, put in your third stringer. I just uh, think it, it just opens the door to the potential of of cheating, frankly. The, because the rule is so poorly stated, in my in, in my estimation. 
you made some good points there, and I agree 100%. Just give them 46 and designate the 46 to be yet another quarterback. Um, because most teams are t- carrying three quarterbacks anyway. They got one on the practice squad. Uh, you're right. Th- this rule, while it's intense, is good, is riddled with holes. Now, yeah. the one that they, they ask every single Special teams coordinator in the NFL, if they like this rule, 100% said no, yet the owners voted it anyway. And that's a fair catch made on a kickoff, gives the ball to the receiving team automatically on the 25. You got any, can you shoot some holes in that one? Because evidently the coordinators can. <laughs> well, um, I mean, they, they just – you want to – decrease injuries on kickoffs right because it's the it's the most dangerous play in football and you know we see that already that um you know we they eliminated the running starts um and now this incentivizes fair catches on balls fielded outside of the end zone um, and so, as you said, a fair catch uh, will result in uh, the ball going on the 25, regardless of where it is on the field. And the proposal is designed to counteract this recent increase in sort of uh, in pop-up kickoffs that some teams use to try to pin the returning team deep in their own territory. You know, they just try to get their kicker to instead of just drilling it through the end zone, you know, get it as high as possible and have it land like, you know, between the five and the 10 yard line and, uh, and, and see if you can get them down, you know, with the 15 or so. Um, and, uh, you know, according to the NFL concussion rates on kickoffs have, uh, rose dramatically, uh, over the past two seasons uh, nearly twice as high uh, as the average offensive or defensive play, and uh, and you know this this is e- even though that that the touchbacks there are touchbacks now about sixty percent of the time, um, and most of the surge in the concussions can be traced to that pop up kickoff, right? And so the league estimates that the the that the, the, uh, the the rate of return of kickoffs will drop from like forty percent, maybe down to like thirty percent as a result of this incentive to get the ball at at the at the twenty five instead of the twenty, and they're hoping to drop kick, kick uh, concussions on kickoffs by like fifteen percent. So I don't know how they come up with those numbers. Um, I, I, my, my gut feeling, Matt, is we are, or let me ask you, are we heading down a road where the kickoff is eliminated altogether? It's It's certainly, it's It's, feeling like it. It really does. Um, Because now what will, according to the numbers you just gave me, I'm briefly trying to do it. What are twenty percent of the kickoffs going to be returned now? Um, I will say this, and I totally understand safety, safety first at all costs. But man, I miss it. The dang kickoff return for a touchdown is the grand slam of football. 
I mean, it is so exciting. And, um, you know, it's, there was a real art to particular players that could do it and a real art to special teams that could block and set it up. But I think you're exactly right. We're headed towards the elimination of the play. I think they'll just end up giving the team the ball at the 20 or the 25 and letting it go from there. But um, I can just remember as a child, and there'll be about four people riding around listening to this right now that remember traveling Travis Williams, who played for the Packers, who returned five in one year. Uh, Man, it was exciting to watch. And it's exciting to watch with the the guys that have done it here recently until they've cut down the number of returns. So um, it's probably necessary, um, but I sure am going to miss it. So. And one other thing uh, that is coming out that came out of the meetings was that um, the NFL approved uh, the Thursday night flex schedule, uh, but only for a specific five week stretch of the season. Um, You know, I, I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. I hate this. So the the flexes are uh, only permitted during uh, the the last five weeks of the of the regular season. So that's thirteen to seventeen. Uh, there's no Thursday night football in the week eighteen schedule. Um, and so, basically, what this means is that um, uh, the games can now be flexed, uh, meaning uh, go from a Sunday to a Thursday with at least 28 days notice. And that's double the, the 15 day requirement that, uh, th- that was originally proposed. But who does this hurt? It hurts the fans. It screws the fans. You can't because, because you, you make travel arrangements, you know, like, like if, if you and I want to go see the Packers and they're playing on uh, Sunday, we book our tickets like right now for a November game, Matt. And then suddenly 28 days before the game, they move it to Thursday. I mean, it, 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 it just uh, it, it really shows you that the NFL does not care as much about the fans as they say they do because they this, care about TV money. They, yeah, no, it's, it, this is all about all money. Yeah, it's all about money and ratings. It's not about uh, Joe Average fan. I, I hate this. I hate this. Lars, you got a seven iron in your bag, right? I do. What kind of irons are you swinging? Uh, top flight. All right. Boy, I got a seven iron for you when we come back as you listen to Big Noon Sports. The best sports talk in Alabama. This is Big Noon Sports. The children's music and dance teacher who couldn't cha-cha. I was always on my feet. It was just so painful. Elisa couldn't let her students down. So she stepped up and went to the Good Feet store for personally fitted arch supports. I would work an entire day and my feet didn't hurt at the end of the day. That was when I knew, wow, these are different. But the really good part, it's good to be dancing together again. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. Caretaker was very rough with me. I thought they did it because I wasn't moving fast enough. Elder abuse is a crime and together we can stop it. 
If you or someone you know has been abused, neglected, or exploited, call the Adult Abuse Hotline at 1-800-458-7214. That's 1-800-458-7214. Sponsored by the Alabama Department of Human Resources, the Department of Justice, ADECA Grant Number 18, VA, VS, 050, the ABA, and this station. You've probably seen their clothing around town on game days, but check out Christopher Mobley on the Strip. It's luxury game day apparel redefined. It's the only place in town where you can find Todd Hoops apparel. Clothing designed for the modern-day entrepreneur, golf enthusiast, and athleisure fanatic. They've got Peter Millar, Viore, Grayson, and Mizzenamain. And if you haven't tried the Mizzenamain dress shirts, you've got to. You can find them at 1410 University Boulevard on the Strip. Also, they've got a great e-commerce site at ChristopherMobley.shop. So check out Christopher Mobley, luxury game day apparel redefined. Home base in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. We're here for the rookies and the dreamers trying to make a name for themselves. We are here for the achievers who are resilient and won't take no for an answer. We're here for the coaches, athletic trainers, and mentors who are shaping the next generation of legends. We are here for you. Aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. Work is a part of all of us. We know that the world around us has changed. And that's why the Alabama Department of Labor is here to get you back to working hard. Work is a part of all of us. Let us help you get back to it by visiting your local career center or alabamaworks.alabama.gov. Funding provided by the USDOL, ETA, and Federal WIOA, an equal opportunity employer program. Auxiliary aids and services available upon request. Brought to you by this station and the Alabama Broadcasters Association. Sales needs. She she can take care of you. Um, Michael Block hit the seven iron on fifteen that will literally go down in history. Um, have you seen the pictures of his seven iron? It's uh, although historic, it's kind of pitiful. <laughs> no, I have not. No, I mean it looks like something that's been in his bag for decades. Uh, it's got you know abrasions on it. The the grooves have a big spot in it where he's oh, yeah. in the sweet spot. I mean, this is an old club, but <laughs> as I said, uh, maybe the most noteworthy seven iron in the history of the PGA, if not the game itself, but you know, he jarred it on 15, got a big hug from Rory, but someone has offered 50 K for that club. And Michael Block's initial response was I'll drive it to him. <laughs> but uh, uh that's listening when you get home or when you have the opportunity uh just look it up online because there's one that shows the back of it one that shows the top one shows the front of it and you think man i've got a first flight that's 50 years old it looks like it's in better condition than that but it sure worked for him yeah um and he said that he's been uh basically using that club since 2013 uh it's the, yeah it's a, it's the tour preferred mc iron set um and uh yeah he said uh you know the offer was 50,000 as he said and and uh he, he is his one of his responses was i don't think i made 50,000 a year until 10 years ago yeah 
Um, but man, this is obviously going to lead to an endorsement deal, I would think. Um, and yeah, they, like, like the, oh my gosh, the, uh, the, the his irons have seen a lot of golf. And uh, he added, he actually added lead tape uh, four or five years ago, but he hasn't uh, re- reapplied it since because he says, you know, once it feels right, it feels right. Don't want to change anything. Right. <laughs> I mean, the lead tape on the, the, the muscle pad it has started to, to fuse with the metal. Uh, and that just shows you how much golf that, that, that these clubs have, have, have seen. Um, and, uh, yeah, he also, uh, found out from a a Nike rep that there's a unread text on his phone from Michael Jordan. Um, but he, right now he has over 1600 unread texts to go through. Wow. (laughs) Um, and, uh, he is going to keep the seven iron with him, uh, this weekend at, at Colonial Country Club. Um, as he plays in the uh, Charles Schwab tournament, you know, it'll be interesting to see how he does, right? Because the, 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 the glare of the spotlight has never been this intensely on him. I don't know. It, it may, maybe not even the glare. I don't think any spotlight has ever been on him other than the, other than, uh, you know, his, his rounds at the PGA last week. And uh, it'll be interesting, interesting to see how he responds. I think, especially in the first round, you know, uh, do, does do the nerves creep in? Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm betting that the gallery is going to be as large for him in the first round than as as any other golfer. And uh, how does he respond to that pressure? I mean, we saw how he responded to the pressure on Sunday. He hit a hole in one. <laughs> so, um, but I, I do have to say, again, it's pretty rare. Although you know, I've never seen a hole in one in person, uh, much less hit one. I once knocked in a ball from 185 with a four iron, but it was on a par four, so that doesn't count, unfortunately. But um, I, I've never I've never even been present when a hole in one has been hit. But it seems to me from the ones that I've seen that the ball, if the ball hits in the cup in flight, just straight, you know, straight into the cup, it normally it bounces out. Correct. Well, sometimes the pin holds it, and sometimes it just comes right back out. But. He hit at an angle, and I'm sure you've seen the cup. It, it tore a little of the putting surface off uh, on its downward flight, which I think probably helped it. Not that I'm some kind of physics genius, but I think if it hits directly and doesn't catch part of the hole, it is much more likely to fly out. But it didn't, and it's I mean, now. Hey, your dad was a rocket scientist, man. <laughs> this should be right. This should be this should be right in your wheelhouse. Uh, well, and I, I think I'm right Phys, uh, as far as the physics are concerned on, on its yeah. path to the hole. But, yeah, a lot of them end up flying back out. But this one didn't. And it brings me to uh, ask you uh, a question about Michael Block. Um, will we hear from him often again in the future? I don't think so. Uh, it'll be a nice story. 
Uh, I mean, unless, you know what, I, 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 I doubt we will, but you can get hot in golf, just like in any sport, really. But in golf, you can catch fire. Right. It's just like you just you feel it. You uh, your, your swing is in like such a groove that it's it's almost like it's the club is your dance partner and it, it becomes a, an extension of your own body. And I mean, you really once you're just in a in a rhythm, it's 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 possible to do things you never thought possible. And and maybe he can get on a little bit of a roll here. But it, the, the, if he doesn't, and the odds are against it, uh, he will resurface next year at the PGA, right? Because he'll be, he'll be playing in it. And uh, this, this story will be uh, retold. And um, it really, I think it's going to be hard to beat this story in golf this year. Um, I think it's it's one of the better stories in all of sports this year. Do you agree? Uh, I think it right now it may be tops. I'd have to stop and think about it for a moment. But uh, maybe some of the higher seats that ended up making the final four, that's a big story. But I don't know if there's one individual story that, that's larger than Michael Block. And uh, Man, I imagine he's, he's kind of set for life. He can make I need to... tournament appearances and uh, go teach. I mean, he was getting about a dollar of a dollar 150 dollars per hour uh as his wife said i imagine his fee his uh teaching fee at his local country club will uh skyrocket hey um i need to get in touch with his agent to uh see if he wants to do a book <laughs> cats <laughs> yeah people have approached him about that and i saw somewhere we're thinking about doing a movie that may be a little over the top but then again so is Big Noon Sports, and it'll continue on the other side of this break. I got to take a, a visit to what happened last night. Man, I don't like the Dodgers. What happened with the Braves? There was a scuffle. There was all kinds of stuff going on. And then Freddie Freeman. You're listening to Big Noon Sports. This is the Big Noon Sports Network. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a high at 76, becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days, highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. Base right here in Birmingham, Alabama. We are here treating patients from every generation across the United States and from around the world. As respected industry leaders, we are here working hard for you in an effort to provide you with excellence in sports medicine, excellence in research and education, and excellence in sports injury prevention. We are here for you, aggressively pursuing victory over injury. Learn more at andrewsportsmedicine.com. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. 
on Big Magic Sports at half hour. Texas A&M is taking a one nothing lead over Tennessee. I believe they're in the bottom of the third inning. We'll keep you up to date on that. And do remember that Alabama plays Kentucky uh, this afternoon at 4.30. Tell you what, the groundskeepers at the Hoover Met have got their hands full. Uh, they, uh, it's, it's rained a lot here recently, and they do a great job, and they're going to be challenged this week, and I know they're up to the challenge. Um, baseball, Braves and Dodgers, great rivalry. I can remember this one from my, when I was a child. Uh, Koufax versus Necro, all that kind of stuff. Just great stuff. Uh, last night they met. And the first thing we take note of is that Ronald Acuna is Jr. is having uh, an MVP season. I don't think there's a guy that's close to him right now as far as second. Um, but he's just such a skilled, aware player. Um, last night he walked and Matt Olson walked behind him. And as he was taking second base, he noticed that the Dodgers were just kind of playing around. Um, third baseman was way up the line. He just took off. It looked like something you'd see in Little League. Um, and he slid into third, but he could have walked around it twice and then tagged the base. But anyway, it's just how competitive that game is. And a real credit to Acuna for, uh, you know, just his baseball IQ. But then um, also in the game, uh, Marcelo Zuna swung the bat and he swings hard and it came around and it tapped the helmet of catcher Will Smith. Uh, both empties came out. There was really never any, there were never any pimp punches thrown or anything. Baseball players shouldn't fight anyway because they're bad at it. Um, they're not like hockey players. Now they can fight. But, and then the other thing is, it's the second year that Freddie Freeman has returned home to Atlanta with the Dodgers. And Braves fans still acknowledge that he's one of the greats and led him to the World Series a couple of years ago. And they give him a warm, warm welcome. The fans are going crazy. So what does Freddie do? He hits a three-run dinger to give the Dodgers a victory. So I love you, Freddie. But, hey, uh, let's tap the brakes when you get to Atlanta. Okay. There's my baseball update for the day. Um, getting well, back if, to I, if I could just add um, – uh, you know, just looking at the standings in the National League, uh, the, the record-wise, the Braves and the Dodgers are the, the two best teams. And I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that holds uh, true for the rest of the regular season. Um, right now, the Braves are sitting at 29 and 18 and have a four-and-a-half game lead over the Mets in the East. And the Dodgers are at 30 and 19 and have a one and a half game lead over the Diamondbacks in the NL West. And in the Central, it's the the, the Pirates and the, the Brewers are, are tied for uh, are tied for first. But with the Braves, Matt, uh, that's the, the the team obviously that people around here uh, care about the most. How, how has this team been? How has this team been constructed? Is it mostly uh, homegrown talent? Is it a mixture of free agents? Uh, what has Atlanta done to uh, build their roster to the point where um, they're certainly a real threat to uh, do some damage in October? It's the Braves mantra, if you will, for the past 30 plus years. Uh, they just have a remarkable farm system. Um, that's how these guys have come up. 
And, you know, last year they brought up um, the center fielder, um, Michael Davis. Am I getting that right? Brains fade me here. Um, from double A. And uh, he ended up being uh, one of the best players on the Braves. Acuna's a farm guy. Uh, Austin Riley's a farm guy. Now they have picked up guys through free agency, free agency, and, and one of the best pickups they've made in recent years is Sean Murphy as their catcher, who I think now they're actually batting him third. Um, but Travis Darno is back, so now the Braves are uh, very rich at catcher, but they're short at pitcher. Um, Max Freed's been hurt. Had a couple of other guys banged up, and occasionally their bullpen falls apart, but that's true of every major league team. Braves more so, I think, than, than others at times. But uh, in, in a very, very long answer to your short question is the Braves, you know, they breed the Braves uh, from within. And you know what? That's why they're on top, and that's why they have been on top for the past 30 years and uh, 30 plus, and and it's a good thing. So, so I go back to like John Sherholtz, wasn't he the longtime yeah. general manager? He's the uh, one that really got it going in the 90s when the Braves literally went from worst to first and then uh, lost in 91 to the Minnesota Twins. Not that I remember any of that in detail, but uh, I was in college in Minnesota at the time, and let me tell you, people there, there still the love uh, the late great Kirby Puckett. Yeah, I was there in game six when he had the big hit that gave him the victory. And, um, man, that was a time. But uh, then we lost in game seven in a one nothing game that I uh, can't remember who pitched it for. Uh, was it Frank? Was it Frank Viola? No, it was. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up, but I'll do that while we continue on another topic. Back to golf. Tiger's not going to play in the U.S. Open. I know he has to make these decisions based on his own, and and I respect that and understand it totally. But the Los Angeles Country Club is going to be minus one, and um, it's the biggest one that stands out there on the tee. This and and you know even though he's hurt and he's he may not win another tournament, Tiger showing up uh, it means the galleries are larger. Yeah, it's uh, it's too bad. Um, you know, he's just uh, recovering from all the injuries and the surgeries, and uh, it's Jack Morris. Oh, Jack Morris, yeah, I think he threw 10 innings, and I actually didn't look that up, it came to me. So, number 47. Um, yeah, I mean, Tiger, he, he's played uh, in 22 U.S. Opens, uh, got three wins. 2000, 2002, 2008. Um, but since uh, his last top 10 finish, gosh, which was way back in 2010, he's wow. missed seven tournaments, uh, including this year. He's missed three cuts, and he hasn't finished higher than 21st. Boy, you know, it, 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 it feels like, you know, the Tiger was dominating, like, just yesterday. I agree. When in fact, he really, he nothing's been the same ever since that Thanksgiving weekend, right? When uh, the seven iron, or was it the seven iron? Yeah. Um, Wait a minute, that one may be worth more than Michael Blocks. Yeah. Yeah, um, and I think that's almost like the line of demarcation between the first half of his career and the second half of his career. In the second half, it's been 
battling just a range of injuries. I think a lot of those injuries stem from the fact that his swing was just so violent and his back just was not going to not going to be able to sustain that that, that torque and that and just everything he put his back through and you know this like even as just a you know a weekend duffer if, if your back hurts at all you, you may as well not play i mean it's it's just uh it, it, it's it's impossible um and then you just look over the last three years he's played in only five of the possible 12 majors he's missed the cut in two he's withdrawn from two and finished in 47th in the other so that is the last three years he's withdrawn from two missed the cut in two 47th in the other um so Tiger's always said, I'm not going to play if I feel like I don't have a chance to win. And you just look at the raw statistics and everything points to him not being able to win again, unfortunately. Because I, I I love watching him play. I still do. But it, he's just... Uh, you know, Father Time is is uh, is undefeated, as they say, and uh, I think it's it's caught Tiger, and I, I and I wonder, you know, it's it's got to just be so hard for him to hang it up, because I I don't think he's going to be a Champions Tour player, um, and what what is going to be you know the next phase of Tiger's life. What will, what what role will he play? And you know, he just can't like walk away from the game. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I'm sure there's, you know, he's mulling a lot of different opportunities. But uh, Matt, I mean, do you think there's one more charge in Tiger, or are are you? I, I'm of the belief that there is not. I am too. And I hate it because he's been so good for golf and every golfer on tour right now should thank him because their purses are about four times what they were before Tiger got onto the PGA Tour. But I think what you just said a minute ago is he's not going to play if he's not going to be competitive. And I think that's what's going to keep him out. As far as what he does next, if he's going to play one Champions Tour event, let him come to Greystone. <laughs> Man, that would be cool. Uh, Man, if if he did that, it would be like uh, the old Arnie's army, you know, yeah. following Tiger. Like, the, can you imagine the gallery following Tiger from hole to hole if he did come out here for that? Yeah, and I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I don't think he's a guy that's going to compete there, even though it, uh, with his physical limit limitations, he could probably win because um, he's just got such great game. But I don't know what he does after that. I don't see him getting into the booth for any reason. That's not his style. So, hey, um, got one more thing I want to wrap up with, and that's when we were talking about Josh Johnson uh, and how long he's been in the NFL. I've got some pretty interesting trivia on this guy, and it's, it's eye-opening stuff coming up on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. 
This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon, mostly cloudy with a high at 76, becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days, highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The universal truth of women's shoes. The cuter they are, the more they hurt. You have to put your best foot forward, and if your best foot is an ugly shoe, oh my goodness. Lisa Ann thought she had to choose between looking good and feeling good until she got fitted for arch supports at the Good Feet store. Now I can wear the shoes that I've picked out because I like the way they look, not because they were comfortable. Good Feet relieved her pain and her fashion dilemma. Stop by or schedule your free fitting at goodfeet.com. On Big Magic Sports, half past hour. Texas A&M is taking a one nothing lead over Tennessee. I believe they're in the bottom of the third inning. We'll keep you up to date on that. And do remember that Alabama plays Kentucky uh, this afternoon at 4:30. Tell you what, the groundskeepers at the Hoover Met have got their hands full. Uh, they uh, it's it's rained a lot here recently and. They do a great job, and they're going to be challenged this week, and I know they're up to the challenge. Um, baseball, Braves and Dodgers, great rivalry. I can remember this one from my, when I was a child. Uh, Koufax versus Necro, all that kind of stuff, just great stuff. Uh, last night they met, and the first thing we take note of is that Ronald Acuna is junior is having – uh, an MVP season. I don't think there's a guy that's close to him right now as far as second. Um, but he's just such a skilled, aware player. Um, last night, he walked and Matt Olson walked behind him, and as he was taking second base, he noticed that the Dodgers were just kind of playing around. Um, third baseman was way up the line. He just took off. It looked like something you'd see in Little League. Um, and he slid into third, but he could have walked around it twice and then tagged the base. But anyway, it's just how competitive that game is. And a real credit to Acuna for, uh, you know, just his baseball IQ. But then um, also in the game, uh, Marcelo Zuna swung the bat and he swings hard. And it came around and it tapped the helmet of catcher Will Smith. Uh, both empties came out. There was really never any, there were never any pimp punches thrown or anything baseball players shouldn't fight anyway because they're bad at it um they're not like hockey players now they can fight but and then the other thing is it's the second year that freddie freeman has returned home to atlanta with the dodgers and brace fans still acknowledge acknowledge that he's one of the greats and led him to the world series a couple of years ago and they give him a warm warm welcome the fans are going crazy so what does freddie do he hits a three-run dinger to give the Dodgers a victory. So, I love you, Freddie, but hey, uh, let's tap the brakes when you get to Atlanta. Okay, there's my baseball update for the day. Um, getting well, back if, to- I, if I could just add, um, uh, you know, just looking at the standings in the National League, uh, the, the record-wise, the Braves and the Dodgers are the, the two best teams I wouldn't be surprised if uh, that holds uh, true for the rest of the regular season. 
Um, right now, the Braves are sitting at 29 and 18 and have a four and a half game lead over the Mets in the East. And the Dodgers are at 30 and 19 and have a one and a half game lead over the Diamondbacks in the NL West. And in the Central, it's the the, the Pirates and the, the Brewers are are tied for uh, are tied for first. But with the Braves, Matt, uh, that's the, the the team obviously that people around here uh, care about the most. How, how has this team been? How has this team been constructed? Is it mostly uh, homegrown talent? Is it a mixture of free agents? Uh, what has Atlanta done to uh, build their roster to the point where um, they're certainly a real threat to uh, do some damage in October? It's the Braves mantra, if you will, for the past 30 plus years. Uh, they just have a remarkable farm system. Um, that's how these guys have come up. And, you know, last year they brought up um, the center fielder, um, Michael Davis. Am I getting that right? Brains fade me here. Um, from Double A. And uh, he ended up being uh, one of the best players on the Braves. Acuna's a farm guy. Uh, Austin Riley's a farm guy. Now they have picked up guys through free agency, free agency and, and one of the best pickups they've made in recent years is Sean Murphy as their catcher, who I think now they're actually batting him third. Um, but Travis Darno is back, so now the Braves are uh, very rich at catcher, but they're short at pitcher. Um, Max Freed's been hurt. Had a couple of other guys banged up, and occasionally their bullpen falls apart, but that's true of every major league team. Braves more so, I think, than, than others at times, but in uh, a very, very long answer to your short question is the Braves, you know, they breed the Braves uh, from within. And you know what? That's why they're on top. And that's why they have been on top for the past 30 years and uh, 30 plus. And, and it's a good thing. So, so I go back to like John Sherholtz. Wasn't he the longtime yeah. general manager? He's the uh, one that really got it going in the 90s when the Braves literally went from worst to first and then. Uh, lost in 91 to the Minnesota Twins. Not that I remember any of that in detail. But uh, I was in college in Minnesota at the time. And let me tell you, people there, there still game. love uh, the late, great Kirby Puckett. Yeah, I was there in game six when he had the big hit that gave him the victory. And um, man, that was a time. But uh, then we lost in game seven in a one nothing game that I uh, can't remember who pitched it for. Uh, was it Frank? Was it Frank Viola? No, it was. Uh, I'm gonna have to look it up, but I'll do that while we continue on another topic. Back to golf. Tiger's not gonna play in the U.S. Open. I know he has to make these decisions based on his own, and and I respect that and understand it totally. But the Los Angeles Country Club is gonna be minus one, and um, it's the biggest one that stands out there on the tee. This and and you know, even though he's hurt and he's. He may not win another tournament. Tiger showing up, uh, it means the galleries are larger. Yeah, it's uh, it's too bad. Um, you know, he's just uh, recovering from all the injuries and the surgeries, and uh, it's Jack Morris. Oh, Jack Morris. Yeah, I think he threw ten innings. And I actually didn't look that up. It came to me. So number forty-seven. 
Um, yeah, I mean, Tiger, he, he's played uh, in 22 U.S. Opens, uh, got three wins, 2000, 2002, 2008. Um, but since uh, his last top 10 finish, gosh, which was way back in 2010, he's wow. missed seven tournaments, uh, including this year. He's missed three cuts, and he hasn't finished higher than 21st. Boy, you know, it, 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 it feels like, you know, the Tiger was dominating like just yesterday. I agree. When in fact, he really, he, nothing's been the same ever since that Thanksgiving weekend, right? When uh, he, The seven that, iron? Or was it the seven nine? iron, yeah. Um, Wait a minute, that one may be worth more than Michael Block's. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, um, and, and I think that's almost like the line of demarcation between the first half of his career and the second half of his career. In the second half, it's been battling just a range of injuries. I think a lot of those injuries stem from the fact that his swing was just so violent and his back just was not going to, not going to be able to sustain that, that that torque and that and just everything he put his back through and you know this like even as just a you know a weekend duffer if, if your back hurts at all you, you may as well not play i mean it's it's just uh it's it, it's it's impossible um and then you just look over the last three years he's played in only five of the possible 12 majors He's missed the cut in two. He's withdrawn from two and finished in 47th in the other. So that is the last three years. He's withdrawn from two, missed the cut in two, 47th in the other. Um, so Tiger's always said, I'm not going to play if I feel like I don't have a chance to win. And you just look at the raw statistics and everything points to him not being able to win again, unfortunately. Because I, I I love watching him play. I still do. But he's just, uh, you know, father time is, is, uh, is undefeated, as they say. And uh, I think it's it's caught Tiger. And I, I, and I wonder... You know, it's got to just be so hard for him to hang it up because I don't think he's going to be a Champions Tour player. Um, And what is going to be, you know, the next phase of Tiger's life? What will what what role will he play? And, you know, he just can't like walk away from the game. Uh, I don't know. I'm sure there's, you know, he's mulling a lot of different opportunities. But, uh, Matt, I mean, do you think there's one more charge in Tiger or are are you? I'm of the belief that there is not. I am, too. And I hate it because he's been so good for golf, and every golfer on tour right now should thank him because their purses are about four times what they were before Tiger got onto the PGA Tour. But I think what you just said a minute ago is he's not going to play if he's not going to be competitive. 
and I think that's what's going to keep him out. As far as what he does next, if he's going to play one Champions Tour event, let him come to Greystone. <laughs> Man, that would be cool. Man, if, if he did that, it would be like uh, the old Arnie's army, you know, yeah. following Tiger. Like, the, can you imagine the gallery following Tiger from hole to hole if he did come out here for that? Yeah, and I'd like to see it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I don't think he's a guy that's going to compete there, even though it, uh, with his physical limita- limitations, he could probably win because um, he's just got such great game. But I don't know what he does after that. I don't see him getting into the booth for any reason. That's not his style. So, hey, um, got one more thing I want to wrap up with, and that's when we were talking about Josh Johnson uh, and how long he's been in the NFL. I've got some pretty interesting trivia on this guy, and it's it's eye-opening stuff coming up on Big Noon Sports, brought to you by Haley Sansing Union Home Mortgage. Covering SEC sports like Kudzu on the roadside. This is Big Noon Sports. Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. We'll maintain the chance of a few widely scattered showers this afternoon. Mostly cloudy with a high at 76. Becoming fair tonight, the low 56. Warmer tomorrow and Thursday, partly to mostly sunny both days. Highs between 81 and 84. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. Securing the best mortgage possible requires a lender who has knowledge, is trustworthy, and treats customers like family. And no one is better at all of this than the mortgage miracle worker, Haley Sansing. Based right here in Tuscaloosa, Haley Sansing has spent decades working in the mortgage industry. With Haley, it's personal, holding your hand from contract to close. With Haley, it's about one thing, you. Call Haley on her cell, yes, her cell, 205-792-1813. That's 205-792-1813. Let Haley help you. NLMS number 230376. 